You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Week 8 is now getting underway tonight. Thursday night football, a good one. I can't wait for the Packers at the Cardinals, 6-1 and one at 7-0. and oh. Who is the best team in the NFC? I think that team will be crowned at least through the first eight weeks of the season after tonight's game in Arizona. Some news first before we get to some of these football games, Matt, and uh, some trades happening around the NFL. Brandon Cooks, not happy. He is extremely mad. said it's uh, bullish, such a joke that the Texans are trading folks away. And look, they're open for business, I'm sure the Houston Texans are. Maybe Brandon Cooks is next. Who knows? Um, But Mark Ingram on his way back to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, it's not massive news, but he's had a good career. First-round pick, Heisman guy, Bama, success in the league in both New Orleans and Baltimore. Um, You know, Sean Payton came out this week and said, you know, he's going to play right away. I mean, there's familiarity there. They certainly could use a number two behind Kamara, who's getting kind of – you know, have a pretty heavy workload and we'll worry about him getting beat up a little bit. And I think things are trending up for the Saints, but this one's more more of a story on paper or flashing across the bottom of the screen than in real life. I mean, he's going to be a spot player. He doesn't help on special teams. You know, I'm sure that they got very, very little in return for him. And maybe in the world of fantasy, and this is a stretch, David Johnson's stock just went up a little bit. Instead of using five backs or only using a couple, I I don't know. I mean, Houston, back to the Brandon Cooks conversation, they're kind of hard to wrap your head around. And and you wonder, are they going to just get abused the rest of the way? Is this really the beginning of just a disastrous second half of the season? I think the the second half of the season could be saved for one very – specific reason we'll get to the Texans uh when we do our previews for this week but we'll find out if Brandon Cooks is also on the move and yeah I, if you're the Texans as many draft picks as you can get is what you should yeah, be doing yeah. right now and that's what they're doing and of Makes course sense. Deshaun Watson I think we should cover a little bit today because uh, there's some news about maybe some imminent there so maybe a whole bunch of draft picks for this franchise and they're they're going to start from ground zero there uh in Houston there is some rumors swirling about your Pittsburgh Steelers, Matt. What do you think about this one? Uh, the other Ingram, not related as far as I know, Melvin Ingram wants more playing time. And the Chiefs have checked in apparently with the Steelers, but the Steelers would rather not trade him to an AFC team. Has Ingram been a disappointment? Uh, is he going to go somewhere else and just, you know, all of a sudden be a starter and get all the, all the reps as, a, as an outside pass rusher? It's funny because I saw this blurb, honestly, like 60 seconds before we hit record. So I haven't talked to anybody, didn't see it coming, to be honest. Um, I could absolutely see why the Chiefs would be interested in him. I mean, they played against him for years. He, uh, I, I guess he visited there at some point before signing with the Steelers and got a fair amount of interest on the open market there for a while. My take on Ingram was... The nice thing, at least I thought from his perspective, was he was a rotational guy here in Pittsburgh behind Highsmith and Watt, both of whom have missed a little bit of time, and that Ingram would be at his best with limited snaps, I would say. And and frankly, he's played more snaps than I think the Steelers planned because those two guys have been injured here and there throughout the season. He's looked good to me. I mean, especially early in the season, uh, the practice reports are very strong. 
Um, one thing they've been doing more with him that the Chargers used to do quite a bit with Ingram, the Steelers are really hurting with their defensive lineman not named Cam Hayward. So they've been kind of bumping Ingram inside and in kind of like a NASCAR package. And he did, like I said, he's done that a lot. So uh, he's an explosive, accomplished player. Um, I guess it adds up why he would want out and, and probably looks at the round of, at the writing on the wall and doesn't think Pittsburgh's a playoff team and just doesn't want to say that and says playing time. And, you know, he's the number three here. So uh, it makes sense. And, again, he's – Sears only signed him to a one-year deal. They don't owe him a heck of a lot more money. If they look at it like, well, we can get a decent pick, maybe it's the right move. And I saw this from PFT, as you did, right before we went on the air. A season-low 26% of – Steelers defensive snaps for Ingram last week. So 26% of the snaps in week six. He signed a one-year $4 million contract. He probably wanted to sign that show-me one-year deal and cash in next year. Hard to cash in if you're playing you know, a quarter of your team's snaps. So I guess I can see it from, from his angle. I didn't see that, actually. Like I said, this happened one second before we hit play. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's a little more incentive that I didn't realize then. One big bit of news here that ties into Thursday Night Football, and that is J.J. Watt. And apparently in the second quarter last week, he hurt his shoulder, and that might be it for J.J. Watt's season, which is unfortunate because he was looking like his dominating self for many weeks this season so far, and he was a huge boost to that Cardinals defense. That's, that's going to be a big loss if he is done for the year, and I think they're still trying to figure out if there's any other options or if he's going to have to have that season-ending shoulder surgery. Yeah, it's really big and unfortunate because... He's an easy guy to root for. He's had a lot of injuries over the last five years or so. But even despite them, anytime he's really been on the field, whether it's Houston or whomever he's played for, he's been very, very good. He's been very good for Arizona this year. Leadership as well as, you know, a key member of a very underrated and excellent defense. We know he's not playing tonight. Rumors are he's out for the year. And... Um, oh, you know, he, he injured it in the second quarter, I think you mentioned, and played the rest of the game last week. You know, good for him. I mean, if he could play the rest of the game, can he play a couple more games and then put him on the shelf? Like, I, you know, usually against the Packers tonight, you know, uh, maybe one more game against the Packers, a couple snaps when they really need him. And then, uh, yeah, because this is a big one in the NFC as far as seeding goes. But I mean, that's tough. And look, that's, yeah, that's been JJ Watt's career. And um, our colleague, Peter Bukowski of Locked On Packers, who, by the way, was shouted out on. Good morning football this morning I saw uh, on the NFL Network. Uh, I believe it was one of the the hosts there said that they listen to Locked On Packers every single day. So I love hearing that. First listen. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen every day. Um, But he said that, and I kind of agree, Watt should be thought of as, you know, Lawrence Taylor level all-time greats if it wasn't for the injuries because what he was doing, it's easy to forget because the version we're seeing now who's really good player – he was probably better than Aaron Donald even in his prime. Like, Donald, J.J. Watt in their primes? I might go J.J. Watt. Yeah, I mean, I'm not giving pro football focus a hard time. I have mixed feelings about their grades. I think it's, I still go to their site every day. They're wonderful. But I remember when Watt was in his prime, he, like, broke their grading system. You know, like, we didn't think a player could do all this. <laughs> We don't have numbers to quantify how good he's really playing. So that should never be forgotten. And really, the, as before Donald really emerged, I thought J.J. Watt was the best defensive player I've seen since Reggie White and maybe all the way back to Lawrence Taylor. 
So, yes, I mean, all-time great type of player. Him versus Donald is a conversation. I mean, I think Donald's career is better now because there hasn't been the injuries, knock on wood, you know, but uh, them on their best day or their best year, who I might go what? One more huge story that is hanging in the balance right now in the NFL that we teased yesterday, Deshaun Watson. Is he on the move or isn't he? And we will start previewing week eight, including Thursday Night Football next. Folks, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get a tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect and gather. I mean, a a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and all the French fries and McFlurries you could ever want. Uh, Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge and meet up. Uh, It's a place where you always look forward to stopping on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It's always one of my favorite spots for that. So head to your local McDonald's and refuel and reconnect. And maybe you guys could even listen to the podcast while you're at it. So good stuff. Go check out McDonald's. I'm loving it. You can save time. And let's be honest, more importantly, you can save money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? There are so many makes and models of cars, and it's really impossible now for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why sit there and endure pointless, seemingly intimidating questions sometimes as your Odyssey and LX or an EX and wait for some person that's standing behind the counter looking at a screen that you can't see, and maybe they only have one possible brand that their warehouse happens to carry, You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Take control of some of these things. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customer. And you'd be surprised how easy it is to do some maintenance for your own car. Make sure you got jumper cables in there. Change those wiper blades before the winter hits so you can actually see out of your front windshield. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com even more trade action potentially on the way. Check out the Locked On NFL Trade Deadline live show Tuesday for the deadline. That is 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern. Also previewing the second half of the NFL season on the Locked On NFL YouTube channel. So what's going on with this trade that needs to happen here in the next week before that deadline, Matt? And that is Deshaun Watson. What's the holdup? Sounds like there might be a deal agreed upon is that the vibe you're getting that maybe there's a deal that's kind of done and now the league as far as I know isn't ready to say he's going to go on the commissioner's exempt list or any suspension but that could obviously change so uh, this is sort of an oddball situation that a trade could happen today or could have already happened but the league needs to hurry up and I I would have assumed the the league had to have seen this coming and would have been prepared for something like this to be like okay he's he's not going to play next week if you trade for him so don't trade for him kind of a situation and I think the the Texans and and the Dolphins at this point are, are waiting for the league to be like okay what's Deshaun Watson's status going to be Here's my take on it and just reading the tea leaves and of doing this for a long time uh, this is my hunch but again I've never seen a situation like this of course it's unprecedented um, 
first of all, he can play. For people who don't realize, he could play today. He has no suspensions or whatever. So if he goes to Miami, he could start the second. But we need to realize the owners are in owners' meetings right now. So I'm sure this is being talked about there. I'm sure Goodell is there. Goodell came out and said something a day or two ago that we have no immediate plans to suspend this player, which makes sense because they don't like to interfere with, you know, real life court cases. You know, obviously the attorneys who are going after Watson could say, look, your own league already suspended you. How can you tell me you're innocent? You know, Mm -hmm. so they they try to stay away from those things until at least they can, you know, the the real legal courts can come through with things. Um, I thought it was very telling immediately after this latest news broke, Carolina said, Oh no, we're not interested in Watson, which translation they didn't offer as much as Miami (laughs) is what I got, what I took out of it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think there's a deal in place and usually trades happen early in the week though. That's usually like a Monday, Tuesday thing, because right now Miami, I mean, they're thinking about their upcoming opponent and so is Houston. And I know the two GMs could work something out, but you really want Watson showing up the day before a game. I mean, I, I guess it doesn't matter that much where they have two wins between the two teams. I don't think it's going to derail and, the season. Or and two has got to be part of the deal going somewhere else. So you don't want to trade your starting yeah. quarterback on Friday when he's about to start Sunday, because that really screws up your week. <laughs> yeah. And maybe it detracts from what you can get from him. Maybe that's the sticking point of, are there three teams interested in Tua? Which might sound extreme to some listeners, but I don't think, I mean, I, I'm not a draft expert. I'm not Mel or Todd or Dane Brugler, but I bet you could make the case in a lot of these buildings, particularly if you're Washington or somebody like that, that I would rather have Tua than any of these first round quarterbacks this year. And that's what people were weighing. And not spending the first rounder. So you're, you still have Probably, your first right. rounder to spend on a different first round prospect at another position, and you still get a quarterback that has some upside that you probably had a high grade on during the draft process. Right, right. And you have the other beauty of it is I have true NFL tape to look at, not just Liberty or Ole Miss or Pitt tape. You know, <laughs> right. I have, you know, that, that's helpful. I don't have to pay his rookie signing bonus. Mm. You know, I, I always talk about the Minka Fitzpatrick deal. You trade for these early first-round picks after the other team paid them. It's very cost-friendly. You still have the fifth-year option if you, you know, if you really like the kid. And if it only costs you, say, a second and a fifth, you can still bring in Jimmy or draft another one. Or it doesn't mean you can't. You're you're done. So right. I think two is pretty appealing. Yeah, and it doesn't change your future plans. Let's say 2022 draft, you go with another position. Yeah. He plays for you. You're like, ah, it's okay. Then 2023, you see a quarterback in the draft. You don't have all of this high-end resources and first-round picks and tons of signing bonus and money tied up in this player. You could move on very easily and very quickly, and it only costs you a second-round pick to find out. So it's it's not yeah. the worst. And you may be able to even trade him a year from now for a third. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the other thing I wanted to mention is – Plus, you get them now, and you get them in your building for, what, eight, ten weeks or whatever, and see if it works, as opposed to the the bird in the bush. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we hope he fits in. We hope he can learn our system. Well, you know it now. When it comes to Watson, I still don't see how a team would trade for him because so much has to play out in the courts, and so much stuff will be opened up to the public Um and maybe since – and I know the league has to have investigated this a little bit. You would think yeah. they would probably caution the teams and be like, look, there is a huge possibility that he does get suspended, uh, even if he's not right now. 
So maybe they know enough to know that he's not going to be in a position to be suspended currently. But, I mean, if you are the Dolphins, you spend all this stuff to trade for Deshaun Watson, and maybe he even comes and plays for you right away and you finish the season. You're still going to be a bad team this year. You're not going to be a playoff team. Then what if he gets suspended next summer? And then now when you really needed him in 2022, now he's gone for the year. So that's that's a situation that... Um, that I just don't see how teams could put trade a bunch for him unless you're getting a big discount. And then the optics of it and the PR of it and just it's it's not a good situation. And it's it's it feels desperate for teams to be trading for a quarterback with that much hanging over their head off the field right now. I I don't like it at all. It doesn't make any sense to me. But when it comes to quarterbacks, teams are are crazy, and desperate. teams will teams will do wild things to go get their quarterback. Yeah, I, I, you really reiterated something I was going to say. There is. Okay, fine. He's not suspended all year. Miami gets the five wins. Great. And then he's suspended all next year or eight weeks of the first to start the season. And, you know, what are you really getting out of them? You know, mm-hmm. that would be my worry if I'm Miami without question. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much more to add. I, I mean, my, I guess if you're Houston, do you look at it like, let's just get the bird in the hand for the guy now? And maybe it's 80 cents on the dollar, but in the summer when we have five teams asking about them, Denver, whoever, we we might have a suspension looming by then, you know? So uh, maybe it's one of them get them out of the building. Oh, yeah. If you're the Texans, if you can get just multiple first-round picks right now for Deshaun Watson, you absolutely take that deal. Yeah, for sure. And maybe it'll be, you know, two firsts, two seconds in a player instead of the three firsts and two seconds or whatever it was that they rumored they were asking. Like, I'd be surprised if they get sure. the full value. And if they get the full value, then, I mean, that's a huge win for the Texans at this point. Yeah, considering what, not the player, what the, the young man is dealing with right now. And uh, I hope I don't sound coarse towards the women involved and all the off-the-field stuff, but we're here to talk about football. You know I mean? It, I don't know if he's innocent, guilty, whatever. I mean, that's obviously, you know, and you may even look at it from a football perspective and say, I don't want that human being in my building or on my billboards. I mean, that's certainly a possibility, too. And here's one thing that maybe the league, I'm sure the league doesn't want. Uh, and, And I think sometimes they're oblivious and the franchises definitely don't want is when a trade like this happens, it becomes big news. Uh, it'll be huge. huge news. It'll be national news. And then the the new franchise that picks him up, it'll become huge local news. And then a new fan base starts to dig into the allegations and looks at all this stuff. And then all of a sudden that creeps into from being national sports news story to non-sports media story. And that's I mean, this is just a huge story that could take off and take off and take off. And I don't think a team that's trading for him right now is taking that into consideration because then you have just the masses that could be really against you and be like, what the heck are you doing trading for this guy? Have you read these allegations? People who aren't really keeping close tabs on the story that aren't really even that big of uh, football fans start to catch wind of this thing. And it, it could just snowball and be just such a bad look and the league has to go through it again. And then, oh yeah, then there's a, a trial maybe, or you know maybe something settled out of court and then maybe a suspension. Then the league has to go through it a third time. And, and I don't think the league wants to go through and I don't think a new franchise wants to go through this big of a story this many times. Exactly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not apples to apples, but I mean... I remember when Michael Vick was coming out, uh, when he was released from jail. You know, I mean, he had done his time. He had been convicted in the court of law. But do we want to sign him? Do we want protesters out front? Do we want everything that goes with it? 
And not to be coarse, but Watson's more valuable than that version of Vic. You know, I mean, Watson's a better player. He's younger. He's more accomplished. He's he's worth more. But he also would cost a team a lot more. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, Vic, you could assign him off the street because he's coming out of prison. All right, we've got to move on to some of these yeah, football yeah. games here, and then we'll have plenty of time to talk more about Deshaun Watson on and off the field as this whole story plays out. But right now we're in a holding pattern, and I think the Dolphins are waiting on the league to tell them if Deshaun Watson will be allowed to play for them after a trade. And maybe that happens very soon, early next week. We will find out, but let's talk about Week 8. The focus now on Week 8, previewing Thursday Night Football. Uh, we'll talk about some of these teams that, that we've already talked about today. Maybe get into Steelers-Browns. Talk about those Houston Texans who are playing against the Rams this week. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs who need to get back on track. Uh, they're on Monday Night Football. Maybe we'll wait till tomorrow for that one. But uh, we're going to start previewing these Week 8 games next. Bet online is back and better than ever. A new web interface to start the basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. And of course, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the football action this weekend and this entire season, along with the NBA and NHL starting up. And you still got baseball playoffs going on, college football. Get involved in all of it and head over to Bet Online's new updated desktop or mobile websites. To sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Not only football, basketball, baseball, hockey, there's boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers, news, sports, at Bet Online, available for the 2021 season. Promo code locked on to receive that welcome bonus. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thursday night football, this is a good one. Who you got, Matt? Packers at Cardinals. I've seen a lot of statistics here, and uh, I love how they go back in, in history and find a way to make a game look as important as possible. And it was something <laughs> like uh, the. The only three times ever has a, a reigning MVP played against a team that was undefeated this late in the season or something like that. And it was wow. like Dan Marino and on a Thursday, right? <laughs> exactly <laughs> on a Thursday at five twenty p.m. Um, so the Packers at six one at the seven and zero Cardinals. And here's what's surprising: Arizona favored pretty big here against the Packers. They're favored by six and a half points at home without J.J. Watt. That's That sounds the alarm a little bit for me. Not that I don't think the Cardinals are good. They're number one in my power rankings because I think they've earned that. No J.J. Watt. I've seen how disruptive J.J. Watt has been for that defense this season. And again, the MVP, Aaron Rodgers, uh, coming into town. But his best receiver, his only receiver in a lot of ways, uh, is battling with COVID right now. So this, this is a very interesting line, and this one's somewhat hard to pick, but... I'm I'm surprised to see this line six and a half in favor of the Cardinals against the Packers. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. It's a lot to give the Packers. It's a lot to give Aaron Rodgers. Considering his experience, I understand it's a short week on the road. It just seems like a bit of an overreaction. The numbers, you know, six and a half, seven. I've even seen it at that Adams being out because I feel like if Adams was in, this is a three point game, and he's tremendous, and his target share is ridiculous. But they've had a lot of success over the last couple of years when he's not in. Lazard also won't be there. Aaron Jones will catch a dozen balls. You know, he'll be on the field with Dylan and basically be a receiver a high percentage of the time. I think 
Rodgers keeps it close. I mean, I think Watt being out is big. Arizona's hard to play against, though. I mean, they, they'll pull out those four receivers, Ertz, Connor, Edmonds. I mean, they just have so many options right now that it's not just Hopkins and a bunch of dudes. It's a bunch of good dudes and Hopkins. I don't feel strong about this. This is a two out of ten chips I'd put down type of deal. But I will take the points. I just think Aaron Rodgers plus that many points is hard to turn away. Yeah, I have no problem with the the Cardinals being favored in this one. But yeah. they're also missing a pretty big piece. And six and a half is just too big. So I will take the points with those Green Bay Packers as well. And it's not like, you know, whatever. Even if Devontae Adams was going to get... I'm looking at the the stats right now, the stat line from when the Packers beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. So the Packers can go win on the road against a good team, by the way. Um, oh, yeah. So when the Packers beat the Bengals in Cincinnati, Devontae Adams had 16 targets in that game. 11 catches, 206 <laughs> yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, I, I think Tanyan and Cobb are the guys that could get peppered with short targets, and Rodgers is going to get the ball out quick, find someone he likes. Keep it close. I mean, I think Arizona's the better team. If they were all healthy, they should be favored. They both have some, you know, a big loss in terms of injuries. And I do think betting on road teams on short weeks on Thursday is a little frightening, but mm-hmm. it's just a big number. I think Arizona wins by four or five. And it's not like I'm saying you're going to replace Adams with one for one guy, but you're going to replace him with the team. And you have, like we talked about already, MVP quarterback Aaron Rodgers back there throwing passes. So I think the Packers are going to be okay. It looks like Lazard's also going to be out. Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, got that downfield speed, the size. You've got Amari Rodgers, the rookie, maybe a breakout game for him potentially. Tanyan and Cobb, some veteran players there. There are weapons. There's a lot of depth on this roster, even though obviously Devontae Adams is the dude. Can those other guys step up? Six and a half, too many points, but straight up I will take the Cardinals at home because I do like what's going on with those Cardinals right now. Yeah, but A six-and-a-half yeah. line is is where you think, okay, this team might blow the other team out. And I don't know how you could look at a Cardinals-Packers game and think really confidently that one team could blow out the other. Exactly. It's possible. How about this How about this number, though? And there's part of it's because he hasn't had to. Kyler Murray's rushed for 17 yards combined over the last three weeks. Hmm. He's fighting a, a, a shoulder and hasn't had the run. You know, they're, they're beating teams, but he hasn't run at all. So will that be something he needs to do more of? It's something to note. 17 yards for Kyler Murray over three weeks is nothing. I know there was talk of Zadarius Smith coming back. Is he done for the season, or is he coming back this week or next week? Because I remember I hearing, oh, maybe don't he's think this week. Not this week, okay. I'm not positive on that. That's been, I haven't seen much information on that one. They did pick up Whitney Merciless to throw them in the mix. Oh, yeah, there you go. Whitney Merciless. There's your there's your extra edge help. So interesting game. It'll be a lot of fun. I think we'll learn a lot about both of these teams. So I can't wait for Thursday night football. Let's talk a little bit about one of those teams we mentioned earlier, which was your Pittsburgh Steelers. They're on the road at the Cleveland Browns. And uh, maybe they'll have Melvin Ingram. Maybe they won't have Melvin Ingram. I think he'll have one more opportunity here with the Steelers, and maybe he'll prove uh, he's worth a couple of draft picks, maybe a, a, a draft pick from those Kansas City Chiefs. But Browns at home against the Steelers. How are we feeling about this one? Do you throw the records out when the Browns play the Steelers in, in uh, Cleveland? Maybe. I mean, Tomlin and Ben have unbelievable success against this team, but th- this team's much better now than it was. Steelers off a bye. Browns off a long week with Thursday, so that bye doesn't benefit Pittsburgh quite as much as it would in most cases. 
the Steelers are very healthy. We don't know if we're going to get Baker or Keenum. I mean, B- Baker practiced yesterday. I can't believe he's going to play, but it is a long week. As a Steeler fan, I might rather see Keenum than an injured Baker, you know, who's going to take hits and ha- didn't play great before that. But the key to me is, first off, the Browns' pass rush is awesome. I mean, led by Clowney and especially Garrett. I mean, it's a two-man show. But they're going to get to Ben, and they're going to disrupt Ben. And the Browns' run defense is excellent, which allows them to rush the passer, and I think that'll hold up. But what really worries me is Nick Chubb is back. And as great as Johnson looked against Denver running the ball, and all kudos to him, Chubb might have ran for 225 in that game. You know what I mean? Like, he's just way better and more explosive. And what I want people to watch in this game is the biggest weakness right now, maybe on the whole Steelers team, but definitely the defense, is the big people up front not named Cam Hayward have really not protected the linebackers and done a great job. So everyone's running at the defensive lineman not named Cam Hayward. And it's working, and this is just the perfect team to exploit that with their guards, centers, fullback, Chubb. I think the Browns win this game, and I'll lay the three and a half. Yeah, I like the Browns in this game for the lot, a lot of the reasons you mentioned. And I would, uh, to be honest with you, it doesn't make any sense for Cleveland to not play Case Keenum one more week here. Right. To me, because it doesn't change this game that much for me. And you want Baker Mayfield to be healthier so he does change games for you later. That's the way I look I at it. I understand so, uh, One more week at least for Baker Mayfield on the shelf. It makes too much sense for me, but you know, if the guy's a competitor and if you're the head coach and your starting quarterback says, I'm good to go and he's practicing, looks like he's going to play. Yeah, I, I mean, there is a human element to it. You don't want him bouncing around the locker room in pregame. Like, I'm ready to play, and then they sit him down. Like, that's a bad look for the other players. Mm-hmm. But I always look – I like to look at these things. The same way I look at, like, fourth downs and in-game decisions is, what do I want my opponent not to do? And as a Steeler fan, I would rather Baker played. The Houston Texans are at home. They are hosting the Los Angeles Rams. This is 6-1 and one at 1-6, one and six, 14 and a half points. So a couple touchdowns plus a half, Matt, for those Rams on the road. Um, maybe, and here's the thing. Not a big enough number. <laughs> not, not big enough for you? No, no. Texans are just in a really bad place and not scoring any points. And now guys like Cooks that are one of their only good players are unhappy and they're shipping out Ingram, not that he would make the, this line any different. I just think it, the towel has been thrown in and the Rams will easily eclipse this because I don't know that the Texans get to 14 points in this game. Here's one reason why this might be a sneaky bet for me for the Texans is Tyrod Mm -hmm. Taylor looks like he's coming back from IR and the way they looked with Tyrod Taylor early on in the year first of all stock up for Brandon Cooks maybe angry Brandon Cooks with Tyrod Taylor fantasy wise that could be a little something for you there Um, and and maybe uh, he makes himself more valuable to another team if Brandon Cooks is indeed traded which I, I get the feeling that he's available uh, if not way. being shopped completely. But Tyrod Taylor changes this team a little bit. It's at least just a veteran quarterback, and I don't think it helps you necessarily go knock off the Rams or anything like that. The Texans did beat a bad football team in Week 1 against the Jaguars. I don't think they're going to upset the Rams necessarily. But at home with Tyrod Taylor, maybe you keep it within a couple touchdowns. That's the only reason why. I'll, I'll, I'll lay the points on that with Tyrod. The Tyrod Texans I like better than the Davis Mills Texans. 
I, I like that you brought that up, to be honest with you, because I dismissed this one very quickly. And if it comes out, Tyrod practiced in full Thursday, Friday, he's ready to go. I might retract my statement that 14 and a half isn't enough. And just to reiterate what you said, he's a professional quarterback. And historically, he makes fewer mistakes than just about anyone not named Alex Smith. You know, like the rookie mistakes and things like that that will lead to blowouts probably won't happen. Let's get to one more game on the early part of the schedule here. And those Miami Dolphins that currently still have Tua are on the road uh, in the division against the Buffalo Bills. One and six Dolphins at four and two Bills. Another big line here with the Bills favored by 13 and a half points in Buffalo. Huge number. So I kind of mentioned Tua earlier in the show. I've been He's been making some key mistakes, but I think he's playing pretty well. The Gaseckis and Waddles of the world are good. You know, I mean, they, they, I didn't realize this till just yesterday that Miami is throwing the ball at a higher percentage than anybody in the league. But I think that's just going to lead to a lot of pass rush from Buffalo. And I'm not happy with where the Dolphins' defense are is right now. There's clearly distractions floating around that team. Buffalo's got a pretty good history of being able to blow teams out this year. I think I'll lay the points. The Bills are such a strange team because they've lost a couple of games that um, head scratchers that, that, that hurts you, especially if you're going to be one of the better teams in the NFL and you're trying to be a one seed in your conference. But then they've just blown out teams that they're better than. When they're better than you, they just step on your neck. So that's yeah. um, that's the way it seems like this game would go because I do think the Bills are just flat out better than the the Dolphins and the Dolphins are on such a bad stretch right now with five straight losses or I'm sorry six straight losses after the opener where they only won by one point by the way they have one win that they won by one point in the opener against the Patriots so the the resume for the Dolphins right now is bad and all this hanging over the team it's a lot of points reluctantly I'm going to take uh, I'm going to give up those points and take the Bills at home yeah, you said 13 and a half, not 14, right? Yes. Yeah, I can't take Miami. I think Buffalo wins by 20. All right, we will finish up cool. our predictions and make our picks for the rest of week eight tomorrow. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here, Peacock and Williamson.